Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about Keith Lee. After watching that amazing documentary on the WWE Network, is it translating onto Monday Night Raw? And was Keith Lee even bigger on NXT than he is with three hours on a Monday night? Also, we talked to our very own Tommy Dreamer and potentially what we can see on Impact Wrestling tonight with their relationship with AEW. A lot to get into. We'll do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I watched the Keith Lee documentary before Monday Night Raw last night. And excellent, excellent, excellent documentary. Amazing. And seriously, Bully, like, man, this is definitely a guy that you can run with. It brought a tear to my eye when he was talking about Killer Tim Brooks. If you remember, Bully, we had Keith Lee on just a few days after uh, Tim Brooks passed away. That was his trainer, um, his mentor. And we had him on. He had some great things to say about Tim Brooks. And uh, in that documentary, like, because of a man his size, you know, Keith Lee has been told a lot, hey, slow it down. You're a big man. Why are you doing all these flips? And, and Tim Brooks is like, man, that's but that's you. So why, you know, it, it, if you can do it and you can stand out while doing it, go ahead and do it. That's going to make you unique. And that was really what Keith Lee brought to indie wrestling was a guy his side being able to do moonsaults and being able to do those special things in the right places. And he definitely did that on NXT as well. Not the same when it comes to Monday Night Raw. And you said, Bully, yesterday, hey, watch that documentary, especially the part when Vince McMahon talks to him after his first match on Monday Night Raw. And Ed, I believe we have the audio, courtesy of the WWE Network, of Vince McMahon talking to Keith Lee. We can't really make it out. Do you have the the transcription of what Vince McMahon uh, said to Keith Lee? Yes, I do. And I apologize. The The audio is a little difficult to decipher. It's actually, it's captioned um, on the documentary because it wasn't, they weren't properly mic'd. This was basically an off-the-cuff conversation captured backstage at Gorilla between, uh, between Vince McMahon and Keith Lee. Vince says, and I quote, uh, we got to go places, but you got to, you got to make me believe in you. We got a whole global audience here now, so it's a bit different. So got to make some changes and be you. And then he adds a little bit later. Look what I got here. I've got a hell of an athlete, hell of a performer. Promo's good. Um, 
a few things from what Vince McMahon said. First of all, you know, we have a global audience, which completely understandable. It's a different audience, though. You know, when it comes to the WWE, you're not speaking uh, in, in any kind of regional terms. It's completely global and a global product. But he talked about you have to be you. Um, do you think that, like, Vince McMahon or Monday Night Raw has kind of tapped into the person Keith Lee? I mean, have we have we've seen the real Keith Lee on Monday Night Raw? No, we saw the more, more real Keith Lee in that documentary that Ed just you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, played for us. The the part the thing that Vince said that resonates the most with me is, and I quote: "You gotta make me believe in you." There is the entire company summed up in one sentence. Vince is saying you. Keith Lee, have to make me, Vince McMahon, believe in you. Let me let me help you read between the lines. You have to get over with me first. So if Vince doesn't believe in you and you're not over with Vince, it doesn't matter what the people think. I have, I have witnessed with my own eyes 20,000 people go apeshit for a certain talent, but Vince didn't particularly like it, thus it didn't get over with him, so it's not going to work. I'm not saying what Vince is doing is right or wrong. It's his bat, it's his ball, it's his playing field, it's his company. He can do whatever the frick he wants with it. I would not book Keith Lee the way Keith Lee is being booked. I don't care about Keith Lee's entertaining side right now. I could give a shit less. You know why Steve Austin's entertaining side and comedic side worked? It's because he was such a bad motherfucker for so long. So when you're when you when you're serious for a while and you kick ass for a while and you flip everybody off and you drink beer for a while and people are so behind you, then when you do the comedy stuff or the ha-ha stuff that's when it works what are keith lee's strengths give me one two or three strengths off the top of your head i mean his, his athleticism off the great charts. let him go out there and show off his athleticism every single week book him in uh, eight to ten minute matches every single week and let's talk about my god this guy's 330 pounds and he can do this and he can do this he can do this let people get some traction with him based on his wrestling ability first what why can't we do that if that's the one thing that sticks out Why do we always have to reinvent? Well, it's a global audience, you know, in this. So we have to make him funny or entertaining right off the bat? Why don't we stick with what works right off the bat? He got over with the NXT audience. So if he got over with the NXT audience, let's take what worked there and apply it to the main roster. Let's get some traction underneath him. Uh, This is, I'm telling you, this is not rocket science. And you would probably have people from the WWE try to tell me, oh, Bubba, you don't get it. You know that this is an entertainment company and we're here to put smiles on people's faces. Yeah, let him put smiles on people's faces with his wrestling ability. Get some traction. Why did he beat Randy Orton? Why did he have the face over Brock Lesnar? Why give me those two moments in time? Okay? You have a face-off with Brock Lesnar in which Brock puts over your size and that Brock almost had a look in his eye like, holy shit, this guy actually worries me. 
And then you have him beat Randy Orton. You have him beat the best wrestler on the, one of the best wrestlers on the planet, but you're not going to take advantage of his wrestling ability? Makes no sense. It makes no sense. Now, that was payback where I could book Keith Lee better with my eyes closed. Well, here's, with the here's, pencil in my left hand. Bully, you, you, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. He's a great athlete. Vince McMahon said that as well. He said good promo, which means like, hey, you're wrestling. Yeah, ability, good, you know what good, you know good, what good pro- means? Yeah, not, Sorry, not, Dave, not go good. Ahead. Okay, so let me ask you this. So, all right, so this is months ago now. I mean, you know, it's been what uh four months that uh keith lee has been on uh monday night raw is he a better promo now than he was four months ago i'm not a fan of keith lee's cadence i'm not a fan of keith lee's tone that's just me personally i'm not saying that keith lee might not resonate with other fans when he talks it's just not my cup of tea i'll tell you what gives me hope for keith lee And this was really subtle. I don't know if you picked up on it. Did you see where Keith Lee was standing last night on the Pat Patterson tribute on stage? I don't remember. I don't. I don't. Very close to the middle. Okay. Almost. Almost. He was two clicks away from Vince. And trust me, when they line you up like that, they line you up for a reason. People are standing where they're standing for a reason. Keith Lee was right there, almost in the middle shot. You had Vince, and then you had Hunter. I forget who was standing to Vince's right, but whoever was to the right of that, that was Keith Lee. Hopefully the positioning was good. Keith Lee is a 330-pound African-American pro wrestler who can do some really cool high-flying stuff. He can, he can work, he can do spots, he can sell, he can register. I've seen enough really good stuff from him in NXT where I would go, okay, let's take everything that worked here and now let's build on it. Let's give him a little bit more of an edge. Let's show off his abilities. Let's show off his talents. Maybe not have him speak at all. But when he says one or two words, he's able to back people up with his words alone. Like, this guy is serious. Let's get some traction. Let's give him some great match after great match. If you're going to start off his run with a win over Randy Orton, why wouldn't you continue that momentum? It makes no sense. It makes makes zero sense. It actually hurts him. By the way, it's start, right. stop, start, stop, gas, break, gas, break. So you and, that, and, and by the way, that that what you just said, that process right there is going to make you lose interest because you gain interest. Then you pull back, you gain interest and then you pull back to the point where it's just like you lose interest. Now, you mentioned about the stance during the Pat Patterson tribute to the right of Vince McMahon was Drew McIntyre your champion, and then there was Keith Lee. So if you go by that, that might be a positive for Keith Lee. But my point was with with the promo, and he said good promo, I thought Keith Lee was a much better promo on NXT than he is now four months into being on the main roster on Monday Night Raw. That's just Because he, he, he was comfortable. 
He did. He knew that every little thing that he was doing wasn't under a microscope and being scrutinized like it is on Raw or it is on SmackDown. Because what Vince sees is different than what Hunter sees. If I'm a talent, I'm probably more comfortable with Hunter and Road Dog being behind my character because as talents that have been as over as Road Dog and Hunter, they understand. Listen, you can't, you got to remember, Vince has created and done so many great things. But when it comes to understanding modern day talent, I don't think it's one of his strengths. I don't think Vince understands how to play to modern day talent strengths. Vince's world is, I believe, is probably a little different. That's why Pat Patterson was so unique and wonderful. Pat had the ability to understand the younger talents and understand how to take what the younger talents did and apply his psychology. And you've, me and Jericho have talked about this. And it's because we learned it from Pat. I hear Jericho talking about it, and I know I speak about it, basically saying, we, when we work with younger talent or we're trying to help younger talent, we want that younger talent to be able to do whatever they want to do. What is unique about you? What got you to this dance? Now we're going to take all of those things that got you here and we're going to apply them to advanced veteran psychology. Because if, if Jericho is working with a private party guy, he's going to say, okay, private party, you do this great move, you do this great move and this great move. Let's take those three great moves and let's apply it to the psychology of the match and how those moves would work against Chris Jericho and how we can make them make sense Not a, let's not only get you over with your athleticism but let's show people that you could put your moves in the right spots and hit the veteran talent Chris Jericho with this stuff old school rules new school tools that's a, you don't you, younger talent just going out there and flipping and flipping. It doesn't mean anything. This is where Pat was such a genius. I, I I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I wish Vince or the writers up there would, especially when it comes to NXT. Let's take a look at what Hunter and Road Dog and Sean and Borash and Matt Bloom were able to create with this talent. We're obviously calling them up to the main roster for a reason. Let's take all of their positives, use those positives as the foundation for their talent on Raw and SmackDown, and let's build on it a little bit. It makes sense to me because you mentioned Keith Lee and you mentioned about his athleticism and you talk about the flipping and flying. And listen, Keith Lee did those things for a man his size. But the reason I cared about him wasn't because how big he was or how strong he was or that he could do a moonsault off the top rope. Triple H or whoever with NXT tapped into Keith Lee to a point where I cared about him as a person and as a personality and as a character. For a, a brand and a show that's supposed to build superstars, they're not. They're not doing that. As a matter of fact, they have pulled back from Keith Lee so much. Bully, 
You mentioned about this, the, the, the confrontation at the Rumble with Brock Lesnar. You mentioned about him beating Randy Orton at Payback. Now here we are four months later. He's not even on the card for TLC next week. So what have they done for Keith Lee on the main roster? Ugats. By the way, the, uh, thank you to – wait, let me, let me check who it is so I can give them credit. Uh, John Boswell, thank you for tweeting me this, sent to pick a screen cap of the stage last night during the Pat Patterson uh, in memory uh, moment. To Vince's left, Triple H, Randy Orton. It's pretty – you get that, right? Yes. To Vince's right, Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee. Yep. So hopefully Keith's positioning on that stage means that they have plans for him and they want him to be very visual in the shot and have plans for him. I hope they do. But what I've seen so far from him is that constant, just the way, like the way you drive, Dave. Hit the gas, foot off the gas. Hit the gas, foot off the gas. Forward, backward, forward, backward. The Royal Rumble from last year when, when Drew McIntyre kicked kicked Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, uh, when he claymored him over the top. The entire rumble up into that point where Brock gets eliminated was booked by Brock. It was booked by Brock for Drew's moment because Brock knew this is what I'm going to do to set the table so when Drew eliminates me, it's going to mean something. Go back and watch the pop when Drew eliminates Brock. They're not popping because for Drew's kick. They're popping because of the way Brock set the table. And Drew got the rub from it. But there's only one other person who got the rub from Brock that night. Who was it? It was Keith. It was Keith Lee. Brock did not sell for anybody else. Brock sold physically for Keith and he sold with his facials. So Brock is taking it upon himself to get Keith Lee over. Why? Because Brock sees it in Keith Lee. So Brock does what he does best. He gives a little bit of himself at the right time. And when he does, it means that much more. My point, once again, Brock did it for Keith. They booked Keith to beat Randy Orton. Holy shit. We're off to the races with this guy. We're taking all his NXT stuff, and now we're building on it. But here we are today talking about Keith Lee and like, eh, I'm I'm not quite sure yet. We should be like, oh, my God, Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Lee's going to be this, and he's going to do this, and he's going to be great, and he's going to... Bully, if uh, and, and stop. Just remember something. Not. Just remember something. Nobody wrote Austin six three sixteen. I know it came off the top of his head. And listen, it may sound harsh, but four months into his run on Monday Night Raw, after that moment with Brock at the Rumble while he was still with NXT, and then him beating Randy Orton at Payback on a pay per view soon after Survivor, not a Survivor after SummerSlam. Keith Lee is just another guy. Four months later, Bully, am I wrong by just saying Keith Lee is just another guy on the roster? Right or wrong? Yes. Yes. It's a, that, and that's a sin. 
Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. We bring in, as I always say, the landlord of the house of hardcore, the heart and soul of professional wrestling, the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, joins us here on Busted Open. Tommy, how are you this morning? Good morning. How are you, my friend? We're good, man, and we're glad to have you on, Tommy, as you know, we usually hear you on Wednesdays, but I'm glad that you're able to join us on a Tuesday because... Judging from what we saw last week, this should be a very interesting episode for Impact. Uh, Interesting indeed, and interesting because I'll be a first-time viewer as well. Um, I guess I'll start this off by, I think you should tell the uh, audience that you requested from Impact Wrestling to have Don Callis uh, on here. And then late last night, I got from our media person, that I'm coming on the show to do this. <clears throat> so uh, Don Callis being Captain Carney that he is, has uh, put me on the spot here. And not knowing slash having a lot of information because when everything that went down the way it did on Wednesday night, besides my phone blowing up, I was, uh, I think it was Jim Ross that I first heard this say, above my pay grade, um, was not in the know to a lot of this stuff and kind of let it unfold. And for our listeners, that is not uncommon in professional wrestling. Um, I could give you a million and one instances. So uh, that's just the wrestling business. And it'll be an interesting television, to say the least. Also going into, and a lot of people uh, don't know, that uh, the Impact app uh show we have no surrender i think the name no i forgot the name of the show but it's a big show on saturday i should know the name of these things but i've had a lot of concussions i forget these things there's a lot of them big impact plus special that's the name of it if you're not really in the know about a lot of things which is totally fine because when you want to pull off a surprise like that you don't want people knowing despite the fact that you might be you know part of the you know the the creative or whatever it is Do you think this will live up to the hype? Kenny Omega, the current AEW World Heavyweight Champion, will show up on Impact Wrestling tonight. Do you think that people will be blown away by this? Do you think Callis and Omega will have something to say that is going to help put Impact more on the map than it is as of we speak right now? Um, I think that was already accomplished because, number one, like I said, my phone blew up when everything went down. My phone blew up from people from AEW, and my phone blew up from people within Impact. Um, And I'm not just talking wrestlers because wrestlers are the first ones to, you know, I'm talking about people within AEW um, behind the scenes and within people, AEW production people. Um do I think it'll live up to the, the hype? I think it already has. And when I say uh, it already has, if you think about it, it got everybody talking. And then all of a sudden it started about, oh, potential dream matches, all that stuff. I, there, to the best of my knowledge, there is no 
working agreement or like people are talking, I mean, all these different rumors and all this stuff. I know nothing in that. I know there could be potential. And when I say I think it already lived up to the hype, what happened right after um, or right before, right after that event happened, Triple H, oh, we're always welcome to working with others, which never has been the case in the sense of working with an outside company. So right then and there, it rang the bell of the industry. And that's something, uh, you know, you don't know him as well as I know him. Uh, and, I, and I call him Captain Carney, but Don Callis, I know, left a very, very high-level government position to come back to wrestling. And he's not one of those guys that wants to do it to be an announcer. He's not. He did it. He's always thinking kind of like how you do, kind of like how I do, many, many steps ahead. And he said it on this show that, him and Jericho. He was the one who put this together with Jericho. So Jericho went to New Japan, which rocked the foundation to the core of the business, as well as to the WWE, which then spurned Tony Khan to think of, hey, there's an alternative out there. Um, then, of course, because he's a narcissist that he will equate it to, he changed the business, which he said on this show. And we, me and Jericho both laughed at him. But in honesty, he did. Uh so there's many, many, I guess, levels to what's inside his head. I know he has a great relationship with Kenny Omega. I know he sees the world in Kenny Omega. And that's all that I know in that aspect. And again, for our viewers, you know, Bubba, I remember when you went to the Royal Rumble, you hit me up after the Royal Rumble was over. You never told me. Um, and you were like, I think it turned out pretty well. What did you think? Uh, and we're super close, but that's the wrestling industry. Um, and when you're doing television, there's also for insiders, will they leave holes in television? And when you say you leave holes, that means, hey, you're going to film something later or you're going to film something at a different time. I've even left Impact Wrestling where we left the tapings and we're going to come back. And I talked about this in my house, of hardcore podcast when Trey Miguel had gotten hurt and we had two alternative finishes that we did not air. We did not know what we were going to air until we went back to do the tapings. Cause we had to make sure Trey Miguel was uh, okay. And medically cleared. If Trey Miguel was not medically cleared, we were going to have a different finish, which was leading up into a world title that all these things are not uncommon in professional wrestling. And I could go back and give a hundred instances to answer your question. I already think it has lived up to the hype because it has so many people talking about it. There's a lot of positives. There could always be the negatives, but I like to try to lean to the positives just because that's the type of person I am. Well, I don't, I don't see where the negative could possibly be. And, you know, obviously, you know, we'll see what happens tonight on impact and moving forward on AEW dynamite, but the follow up from bullies question, like, and you said it, you came on and obviously busted open was trying to get somebody from impact, uh, 
obviously Don Callis because of after what we saw on Wednesday. And they said, you know what, Tommy, we want you to go on busted open and to talk about what took place. And you really aren't in the know. It sounds like, you know, you don't know what's about to happen. You even mentioned it right off the bat that you're going to be a viewer just like us tonight to this show to see what happens. So why do you think impact chose you of everyone to come on busted open today to talk about what we could possibly see tonight? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, listen, I, I go back and I watch it. Um, I think it's the second time Tony, second or third time Tony Khan has ever appeared on his own show. Uh, don't know if he's too happy about it. There's also, these are corporate, uh, Don Callis is a real life corporate official, uh, in impact wrestling. So I'm not, I'm, I don't have those corporate ties. So you know, maybe things they don't, he doesn't want to risk getting in trouble with his job. For me, you know, I I never mince my words, and I just go always always out there and speak the truth or speak from what I know. And that's kind of and I'm uh, listen, man. I'm blessed to to have the ability to. I've always had this, and until uh, when I don't have it, I usually then just kind of like Bubba, like, hey, I'm not happy here. I'll I'll walk away. I have already vented my, hey, what if this type of situation goes awry? Because Bubba and I have already lived it in ECW. Um, Not saying that there's a working agreement, but when, because when we went to WWE ECW, back then, literally, Bubba, uh, the, the Eliminators, we had snipers in the audience ready to fight an entire WWE locker room when me and Sandman were the two people going front line and me and Raven were having this conversation like there's got to be something going on between um, uh, WWE and ECW. We had no clue. And all we were told was to do this, this, even there was the only people who knew were Savio Vega and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and Paul. And the other guy, Bradshaw and Dutch Mantel didn't even know. So these are things that when talent is left to wonder, and, and there, there's so many different reasons, uh, could this blow up the ECW, WWE thing? Uh, at, at first, man, it was, at, like I said, we had real people there to really fight other people because our bosses were telling us, hey, this could all go down. It's a weird, weird situation, and that's why wrestling is the best. Um, so it, it's just I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't. I haven't spoken to Tony Khan, um, and I don't think he's too happy about it. And hopefully, he could come on the air on a Wednesday and talk about it um, or Thursday. That's how the business kind of has to be for now. The the example you gave was during a time in the industry that was very volatile when um, obviously fans were in an arena and the conditions were different. I don't anticipate anything like that happening. You talk about Don Callis thinking 10 steps ahead. And if he is that smart, I would venture to say that what we're going to see tonight will not be a one-off. It wouldn't do anybody any good for tonight to be a one-off. I don't think Don Callis, if you, if what you say is true, is going to pull Kenny Omega onto Impact to be 
put on a show to say a couple things, blah, 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 never to be heard from again. There has to be, and I'm not, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm asking you to use your brains and think ahead. There has to be something more to him appearing one time on Impact. Uh, well, Kenny is not in, he's the current champion of <clears throat> AEW. And when you get networks involved, you get all these situations. That, and dude, again, I lived it. I appeared when Ta when Taz was the champion, even though he was working for WWE, I appeared on a WWE programming going after Triple H uh, when Triple H, they did Taz versus Triple H. I wasn't, uh, I didn't get paid for that. I did not. All I was told was do this and this and you're out. And I was in and out. Even when I went back to the WWE, which ironically was five years ago. No, uh, I wrestled Braun Strowman five years ago. But even when I went back um, <clears throat> to the WWE, when it, literally Triple H had called me, then told me Mark Carano would uh, get in touch with me. Um, it was like one thirty, two o'clock on a, on a Monday. And it was like that quick and simple. I told the only person, Beulah, because she had also picked up my kids from school. By the time it got me down there, like the, I remember looking at Drew McIntyre, who was a guy that I was wrestling and he like his eyes opened up and he was like, what are you doing here? And I was hidden on a bus and I was like, yeah, I'm wrestling you. And he's like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> there's so many different things that go down that go down in this business to say uh, I don't know what the speculation, I don't know what the potential is. There potentially could be a lot of good, good things. But when I say there's things that also could go bad, they normally go bad because of people's egos. And, you know, Don Callis, I love him, but he's got a gigantic ego. Then it goes to company egos. Then it goes to corporate. There's so many different ways where so many good things go awry. You had seen it when the WWE owned it all. How did the Alliance stuff go on? You have a financial number where, wow, this was gigantic business. And then it got historically taken away because of what? Ego. And this is when all the companies were owned under one person. When you have other people owning different things, it could get weird. It's going to be interesting because right now, um, all I know is Don Callis is explaining, I think. I have no clue. But he's the one I go from his social media. I haven't had a creative call about this, which is fine because I don't like sitting on creative calls uh, once a day. I get to go on and I've had uh, I've been Don Callis free and don't have to talk about wrestling because I don't have to go back uh, for a little bit. And again, looking forward to wrestling this Saturday. The match has already occurred and I know it's a good match. I had. Final resolution is this Saturday on the Impact app. And tonight, and Dave, you watch the show. Here's how I look at the landscape of professional wrestling. And, and unfortunately, I hate to say this out loud, but Tuesdays have been one really, really good, solid two hours. We're, I feel Impact Wrestling's been the best kept secret and a lot of fun, entertaining, and real quality matches have been happening. And Wednesdays have belonged to AEW and Mondays and Fridays have belonged to WWE. 
And and most people like and I was doing a lot of research going into this because I'm very excited about the potential of what we could possibly see mm-hmm. on Impact. It's almost like the best kept, kept secret in pro wrestling. I mean, for the last, you know, I'm not even going three, six years. For the last two years, Impact Wrestling has been very good, very good. And a lot of people aren't watching it. This could be the way, Bully, of more eyes going on this product because of AEW. And I, and I think, the, I think the, uh, the Don Callis factor is a big one as well because we know that Kenny Omega is, is more than just a world champion for AEW. There's, there's deeper ties than just him being the world champion. And now you have Don Callis on top of that. I'm wondering what this relationship is going to be like moving forward or if it's going to be one-sided. And that was kind of going to be my next question for Tommy. Based on what you know about the decision makers in Impact, the Scott Demores and the Don Callises, and the decision maker in AEW, Tony Khan, based on what you know about these businessmen and what you know about them personally, do you think they could do business together? That's up to them. Uh, we know it's I up to them. Tony, do you think, think they could? I'm, ask, I'm answering your question. I think... Uh, it has to be, dude, it's business. It has to be right for all parties. And if they don't uh, think that it's right, and like I said, egos can get in the way of this in a heartbeat. The the, the WWE, when WWE ECW stuff, I, I had told you, you know this, it was supposed to be me and Sandman versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu at SummerSlam at the Meadowlands that year, taken away. Why? Because of backstage BS. And it was Paul trying to placate both and basically burying Rob, the talent, for having this free spirit. Um, Don't know where anybody is going with this. And like I said, don't know the ramifications of, you know, Kenny Omega kind of has, he he trusts Don Callis uh, like he should. And and like I said, you know, I, I know this because, and Don has even said this, Don didn't get back into wrestling to just be an announcer. He did it to first try to get impact. uh, And I think he did that where all the negative stigma off of impact has been erased. Um, And I just think like, he's always thinking differently, which is cool. And so is Scott. And, and, you know, so am I, so are you that there's, there's people who think like that Uh, to answer your question. I don't know because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that situation, uh, nor do I want to, you know, me, uh, the best part about impact. I've got to voice my opinion. I voice my opinion. They sometimes take it, sometimes don't, but there's no ramifications there. And that's why I really, really like that. Um, <clears throat> I like that just because, I have creativity. I have that freedom. And also if I don't like something and you know, this Bubba, there's other places that we have worked that you don't get the, the chance to voice your opinion. <clears throat> the fact that I'm able to voice my opinion weighs the world on me. Uh, history would show though, to kind of go back to bully's question as well. History shows that this most likely won't work. I mean, you know, Tommy, you and I spoke to Greg Gagne, and, you know, when the WWF went national, the AWA and the NWA, 
you know, decided to join forces and have Pro Wrestling USA. And, and there's probably, you know, the Crockett family trying to, trying to get AWA talent to jump ship to the NWA and vice versa with Vern Gagne. Like, could there be potentially that situation? You have AEW that is on TNT, is growing. If I'm Impact, I, I may worry the fact that, like, hey, you know, Tony Khan could be in the back trying to, you know, cherry pick talent from the Impact Wrestling roster. Or vice versa, if possible. Yeah, um, absolutely. And again, nature of the beast, nature of the business. I remember when not a lot of people knew about it because it wasn't on the national level. But where did Vince McMahon first like kind of cut his teeth when he became a character? That was down in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and that was because of his relationship with Jerry Lawler. And, you know, Jerry Lawler was kind of he was working there as an announcer uh, for me, man. Like when we were doing all that stuff with WWE and ECW, it was so ECW. This is what we were told. ECW was going to be promoted on a much larger platform, which is super duper cool, which AEW has done uh, saying that Don Callis uh, is an impact executive. Um, then, I remember working in Memphis and going down and working for Jerry Lawler's company. So now was a third company involved. And I'm like, well, like, what are we doing? Or, you know, what did this pertain to WWE? And Jerry was King was like, Oh, nothing. I don't, you know, I don't answer to them. This is my company. And Paul would be like, Hey, I don't answer to them. This is my company. So there's a lot of weird, weird stuff. Yes. Could it be great? Absolutely. I think time will tell. And I think, and I always say this, I guess if it, I don't think it's a one-off specifically because Kenny is the AEW champion. That is, you know, he's not going to get fired for showing up on impact wrestling. There's, there's so many levels to this that, you know, you could think a lot and that's what the best part is that wrestling fans think. And it's different day from like back in the day because of social media and you didn't know about all these things. I straight up uh, the moment the rascals, they showed a picture of the rascal sign. They're like, Hey, where's Trey Miguel. And then someone asked triple H about Trey Miguel, Trey Miguel kind of, I mean, triple H kind of skirted the issue, but he said he'd rather talk about people that are here than people who were not. And that was, that could have been his answer at all. Then he said more, and then it led to speculation for other people to just kind of go about. And it's it's such a weird dynamic right now. Uh, I look forward to tuning in and watching because, like, I don't know what the hell's going on, and you know that's. And then I'm going to watch Wednesday because hopefully there's a follow up there. There has to be because the guy just won their title. We obviously can sit here and look at. AEW being on TNT and the lightning that they'd be able to catch catch in a bottle. I think Impact Wrestling has done a decent job since uh, in the past year or so of doing better. I think you guys just got your highest ratings on Access TV. If there was a relationship, we know what Impact gains to gain by working with AEW. What would AEW gain by working with Impact? Um, I think, like I said before, 
AEW has done stuff outside of the grain of professional wrestling. And the fact that WWE wouldn't work with other companies and has to own everything as opposed to, you know, hey, AEW is doing stuff with the NWA. Not that, you know, NWA was doing a whole heck of a lot, but they're doing stuff with the NWA. They had another comp- person come in. They still have that that title on there. And NWA hasn't been doing a lot. They are showing that they're, you know, Tony, and, and I mean, I have, I don't know if I have a closer relationship to Tony than you, but Tony's a wrestling fan, man. And you can get a lot of cool stuff if this continues. If it doesn't continue, cool. It got people talking. And I think in that one instant, from the time it happened until tonight, it has people talking. It has people talking. And it was also had people talking that after that Wednesday night in such a positive way talking positive about impact, talking where this could go, where it's speculation. It's cool. It really is. It, it It's made wrestling cool again. And all the what other, does- you know, our, our situation with ECW back in the day was because of the WCW stuff, the stuff that's going on now. Uh, hey, yeah, Tony Khan is in a bit of a, a fight with uh, WWE. And yeah, they're winning on Wednesdays, but it's a, it's a nonstop. It's a, what did, uh, what did they say? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. But does my specific question is, does impact wrestling have something that AEW benefits from? I, I believe they do. Can I, can I answer that Tommy? <laughs> no, because you've already answered the question. I want to know from Tommy. Okay. I would say if there, if there is one, yes, potential matchups as well as uh, look at, there have been talent that have left Impact Wrestling uh, and they have not reached the level of performance that they had in Impact Wrestling because, hey, some person can see you as something, some person can see you as something else. Uh, same with P- talents who have left w- uh, AE- uh, Impact Wrestling and gone to uh, WWE. There's potential match. Hey, there's so much different stuff that could go on. You know what I thought of when I saw that, when I first saw this, I said, you know what I could actually do? We could actually have the heart and soul of WCW sting the heart and soul of ECW, Tommy dreamer and the first ever undisputed champion, Chris Jericho have a, have a three-way match. And though we're all older, so you booked yourself in the biggest match. Oh, of course I did. But okay. Just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> It's for all the wrestling fans that, hey, people have clamored for Sting and The Undertaker. I, I would have liked to have seen it. Not now, but then that can no longer happen. But people have always talked about, hey, who's the heart and soul of this? Uh, if it was me being I'd love to work with Sting. Yeah, I can't work with Sting because I work somewhere else. If there becomes an agreement, hey, that's a hell of a match, I think, to promote. I get to wrestle again with Chris Jericho. I've had one match with him. Uh, I get to, if I'm thinking about myself, uh, I don't think Don Callis says Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler in the world. I disagree with that. And there's other rests. I would love to see Kenny Omega versus uh, Eddie Edwards. And that's a matchup would be off the charts where wrestling fans would be like, oh my God, who is this Eddie Edwards? And why is he one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen? There's so many different ways to go or, or Rich Swan or the, dude tag wrestling. 
dude, you were the agent for one of the best matches I ever saw with the Motor City Machine Guns and the Young Bucks, known as Gen Me. And I remember you fighting with Vince Russo or whoever the hell it was because you, they, were, they had this amazing match. And then Russo was like, bro, I didn't like that finish, blah, 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 blah. And it was off the charts. Think of all the things that could be if there becomes one. But as of right now, who the hell knows what's going on? I don't, like I said, don't think Tony Khan was too happy because I believe he was screaming at Don Callis, which normally is my job. Well, well, and and really quick, Bully, and I know I answered, but I think, you know, the knockouts, the women's division and Impact Wrestling is extremely strong and will help AEW's roster for sure. And the potential matchups are endless. But like we, we had callers say like Sue Young and Abaddon, like right there. That's something I think, we, you know, we have Rosemary, we have Deanna Perrazzo, you know. I was going to say Deanna Perrazzo versus anybody on that roster yeah. makes anybody on that roster better. If... Well, if you had the uh, Deanna Perrazzo, Britt Baker, Deanna Perrazzo versus uh, their champion. Uh, what's her name? Eero Shirai? Yeah. Well, no, Eero Shirai is from NXT. She How am I doing? But, 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 but really, Tommy. <laughs> that would to be get a this, great match, to get too. This, to, get, to get this back on track, because you mentioned Tony Khan and how Tony Khan may, not, may or may not be happy about what happened on Wednesday. I go back to like a conversation that Bully and I had off air, you know, when he started on this show. And Bully, I, I hope you don't mind me saying it, but like you said, hey, D- hey, Dave, you're no longer in the radio business. You're now in the wrestling business. And I was like, well, no, you're wrong, Bully. This is a radio show. This is the radio business. He said, no, you are now fully into the wrestling business. And and for the for the most part, Bully. Tommy and Mark Henry have helped me along the way because now I know what the hell you are talking about because you could be easily taken advantage in the wrestling business if you're not a part of it and you're not smart to it and you don't know what you're doing. And I'm not saying that Tony Khan doesn't know what he's doing, but Tony Khan made his money and his family made his money outside of professional wrestling. You know, Tony Khan has only been doing this for a short time. AEW has only been around for a short time. Dynamite's only been on the air for a short time. Don Callis, as you said at the beginning of this interview, Tom, is a carny. <laughs> I mean, he's the definition of it. So could somebody like Don Callis completely take advantage of somebody like Tony Khan? Absolutely. Don Callis, like I said, I'm sure he's plotting and thinking ahead. Who knows that he already hasn't? Uh, I, like I said, Tony Khan did not look too happy when everything that went down uh, last Wednesday. I uh, don't know if Don Callis would be invited back, but then you have, oh, by the way, my my family, someone who I consider my nephew, is your champion. There are uh, considerations sometimes made because of – Dude, dude, I just watched somebody show me a clip of WWE editing out Britt Baker from last year's War Games. And someone took the time to show the exact spot of this happening. Do you think if Adam Cole brings Britt Baker to a show as my girlfriend, the one that I love, the one I'm spending my life with, um, do you think they're going to say, hey, she has to go? No. So I'm sure the camera person who showed her on camera got uh, in trouble for that, but that clip no longer exists. So 
there's so many weirdness about this and the fact that we're living in this new weirdness. Mm -hmm. And yes, Dave, for you, it's different for our listeners is different, but everyone could go in and speculate. They can say what they want to say. I know what I can see and I could see Tony Khan not happy. I can see uh, Don Callis, what I listen, how all this is going to go awry. I said it already is ego. And you just mentioned somebody who has a massive ego and thinks ahead and thinks other ways. Time will tell. Yeah. Don Callis could definitely potentially um, take charge in this situation over Tony Khan. Uh, Tommy, thank you. I mean, I appreciate it. I know you'll be watching along with us uh, tonight. Impact Wrestling, you can see it on Access TV. And if you don't have Access TV, I know a lot of cable networks don't. Bully, I, I don't get Access TV, so I watch it on Twitch. You can get it on your smart TV, on all, on all devices. You can get Twitch. And by the way, Twitch does an amazing job with Impact Wrestling as well. They're, they're interactive with the audience, with chats and everything else. So, Tommy, looking forward to what's taking place tonight. And you're back on on Thursday. So, you know, judging from what we're going to potentially see tonight and Wednesday night, I'm looking forward to talking to you on Thursday about everything that's going to happen over the next 48 hours. Absolutely. I look forward to it, too. And every Everyone could watch Twitch on their phone. Everyone could watch uh, Twitch on their televisions. And when we talk about a situation, you know, who hosts the Twitch show? Melissa Santos. Who's yep. she married to? Brian Cage. Yes. Yeah. There's so many. And, and she doesn't toe the line. Um, she goes out there and does her job just like we go out there and do our job. And we could all speculate. We could all say what the hell's going on. We're going to have to tune in tonight to find out and uh, i also look forward i'm going to plug the saturday show it's called final uh, resolution i was just going to say it final resolution <laughs> and i have a really really uh i really enjoy final resolution it's a really really solid show all right we'll talk about it tommy thanks for the time i appreciate it please give no don callis our best because you know he doesn't talk to me on. right now and i hate him Okay. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on SiriusXM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Well, to me, I think there is a lot of confusion when it comes to this relationship between AEW and Impact. Because I think there's different perceptions of what this relationship can be. And I think it's it all depends on who you're talking to. I think if, you know, he said Tony Khan's upset. Tony Khan's probably upset because I would think bully. And tell me if I'm wrong. The big dog in this relationship should be Tony Khan and AEW. They're the ones that get near a million people watching their show on a weekly basis. You know, they're the ones that get over a million people watching their YouTube content as well. Impact Wrestling is, uh, you know, as much as I love Impact Wrestling, I said they're a best kept secret for a reason in that they don't have a lot of people watching. So um, I think when you look at that, that AEW was probably saying to themselves, hey, we're the ones that need to control this relationship. But you have Don Callis. And listen, you know, right or wrong, indifferent or not, you know, Tommy said he's a carny. 
So, you know, he's going to do what's best for himself and probably what's best for Impact Wrestling. But I think if cooler heads prevail when it comes to Tony Khan and Don Callis, if they can get on the same page, then you know what? You know what? You know, this could be a relationship that's really, really strong because I think if you look at the rosters and if you look at Impact Wrestling's roster, it's extremely underrated. There is a lot of talent. And you talk about potential matchups. You know, you look at like a Sammy Callahan and a Rich Swan. I mean, there is a, a lot you can do between Impact and AEW. And it's not just Impact, Bully. It's the NWA as well. You're, we're seeing, look at like what's what's most exciting right now. I mean, it it is, you know, Thunder Rosa. And that's that's an NWA. She is contractually obligated to the NWA. So there's a lot to get into. Let's get... Let's go to Angel in Puerto Rico. Angel, what did you want to say about what we could possibly see on Impact tonight? What's up, brother? So, first off, this whole mashup between brands is something that you can only imagine of. Because for me, I'm only 25, so I didn't get to watch the territories or even know about them. So, I think if cooler heads prevail, I want to see Kenny be the guy in wrestling because he can be, especially with a guy like Don Carlos talking for him and such. So what do you guys think if they do something game changer like Kevin, Kenny Hannett having the other title, as in the Impact title? Because that would be, I don't want to say reminiscent, but do you guys remember when Kurt Angle had all the titles? And he was like the big deal in Impact and all that? Because right now, I want to belittle Rich Swan, but I don't see Rich Swan in the same league as Kenny Omega. Well, I mean, Angel, I'm not discri- – I mean, Rich Swan's my comeback wrestler of the year for 2020. But interesting conversation with Angel Bully because, you know, what's the one knock when you say, you know, even a Drew McIntyre or a Roman Reigns? Can you truly call them a world champion? Their world is within the bubble of the WWE. I mean, they're, they're not world champions. They may travel the world, but that doesn't make you a world champion. What we're seeing right now with AEW, with their relationship with NWA, with their relationship now with Impact Wrestling, with them dabbling in the world of, of New Japan, with the fact that they've let John Moxley, when he was their world champion, do indie shows. To me, that's more of a definition of a world champion than what we're seeing in the WWE bully. Do you remember about 15 or 20 years ago, there's a famous picture of the great Muda. I believe he was like, and and I could be off with this. He was like the all Japan heavyweight champion, the new Japan heavyweight champion, the Noah heavyweight champion. He held a variety of different belts at the same championships at the same time. Made him one of the most worldly and credible world champions of all time because he was a multiple champion in, in, in different companies. One of the names I think we're leaving out of this conversation is probably the most important name to the conversation, because I think this is the person where all of these ideas could be coming from. And that's Cody Rhodes. How many different companies were involved with All In? Uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, we, 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 like all, I mean, it was, it was all the best of the Indies on, uh, in one, under one roof for one night. 
Cody and the Bucks, I believe, have always wanted to bring the entire wrestling world that doesn't fall under the WWE umbrella together. Um, I believe if egos can be put aside, and I don't know anybody out there who should have a massive ego right now in the wrestling business, especially if you're getting to do business with AEW, if everything is being able to be put aside, I could see... AEW working with all of these other companies. Obviously, toe in the water with the NWA. We'll see what happens with Impact. Maybe um, uh, reestablishing a relationship with Ring of Honor. New Japan. Is Kenny a New Japan champion right now, or is he fa- is he facing somebody for a championship in the no, near future? Uh, John Moxley right now is your IWGP US champion. Okay. So... Maybe we do, the the caller suggested Kenny, you know, being a multiple champion. Maybe we do see Kenny winning an Impact Championship or going over to Japan and and winning something there. I don't know. What I'm saying, bigger picture, is all of the companies coming, coming together to work together. That's the only way anybody is ever going to create that real, real buzz in competition to potentially go after the WWE. And I think that's what wrestling fans want. They want to see companies work together. I want to see some of the best talent from Impact Wrestling, some of the best talent maybe from Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, wherever, coming together to work on these super shows. And it's going to benefit the fans because they're going to get to see the best of the best. Well, I mean, Kenny Omega, I believe, and somebody will tell me I'm wrong, but I, th- I believe he's still the AAA Mega champion, Kenny Omega. So, so that's their dealing, de- you know, dealing again outside this bubble that is AEW. So, you know, you're talking about AAA. That's one of the biggest organizations, you know, when it comes to Lucha Libre. So, I mean, you know, if you're de- – think about what we're talking about here, Bully. This is a story. Sure, this I'm, is I'm, – I'm showing you a picture right now. There's Muda with all yep. the belts. I'll post it to social media in a, in, in, in a few minutes. Kenny is the AAA champion, as the AEW champion, maybe the Impact champion. Impact getting to get some of their guys and gals on AEW. Everybody working together for the benefit of the product. I can definitely see it happening. I don't under, I don't see why, you know, uh, other than like Tommy said, egos. And I don't believe this is a one-off. It would be, it would not be smart business. It wouldn't be betting. It wouldn't benefit anybody but Impact Wrestling if it was a one-off. Yeah, and and Tony Khan has said publicly, changing the landscape. So a lot of people thought about when he said changing the landscape, they thought about Wednesday nights and AEW and Sting and how this could really just pull the tide towards AEW on Wednesdays. I think Tony Khan was talking about something much broader and much bigger in the world of pro wrestling. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.